everybody. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Sisters podcast, where we give you our point of view. I'm your host, Tamia Harper, and today I'm joined by my sisters, Sabrina Wood and Fran T. What's happening? And we have a special guest on the show today that we couldn't be more excited about because we're going to talk today about something far outside of most of the Sci-Fi Sisters' purview, which is Doctor Who. Now, Mm. Sister JD, Sister for Life, she is a Whovian. So we don't have JD anymore, and we miss her. Hey, JD, what's up, girl? Hey, JD. What's happening? And we thought about, like, with this new doctor, there's going to be a Black doctor on Doctor Who. We need a Black Whovian to talk to to explain to other Black folks and other people, why should we give a hoot about who? So I went out and found us a Black geek who's a Whovian, who's also a very dear friend of ours, whom we love deeply. And um, he's also not just a Whovian, he's a hardcore Trek fan, and he's in all the Trek, cool Trek groups. But more than that, he's just a decent swell kind of guy. <laughs> so I want to bring uh, our friend Jamal Taylor onto the show. Hey, Jamal. Hey, Tamia. Yay, 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 yay. yay. Jamal was yay, here. Yay. Jamal. Jamal, my cousin. <laughs> so, Jamal okay. so okay. graciously um, accepted to lead us through or help us through this discussion. This is a discussion aimed at those of us who don't know a a lot about Doctor Who or anything about Doctor Who and a primer to get ready for the new Doctor Who with the first time a Black doctor who's playing the lead character, right? Right. Right. First one that's leading the show yes leading the show right Mm -hmm. exactly so and i don't know how to pronounce the brother's name sabrina so come on with it suti gatwa (laughs) suti so we're looking for you sci-fi sisters are going to be following you and so we're going to start off with some beginning jamal can you give us uh some basic information about what doctor who is about uh like when it came on air that type of jazz uh, sure. Uh, Doctor Who is a BBC science fiction series. It was originally targeted at children and it debuted in 1963. Um, the Doctor is an alien from the planet Gallifrey. Um, he's, his title is Time Lord, uh, which basically means he travels through time, um, goes places. And what he does in the show mostly is winds up visiting historical um, places at critical times. What he does most of the time is travel with companions, most of which have been human, uh, some of it been alien. Um, they're usually just regular people who he invites on the adventure to go see something. Um, and they travel along and usually hijinks ensue. So, so wait a minute. So you're telling me that this is an alien time lord from another place that's going around and coming into like key points in historical times to save the world not intending to save the world usually he just wants to go see the event or show it to someone but usually there's something that happens either someone else is interfering or there were things that didn't make it into the history books 
that need his help to make sure history happens the way it was supposed to. And also to be clear, we're not just talking about our world. We're talking about many worlds, right? Across many galaxies, right? Yep. And to do that, he has a special vehicle, the TARDIS. It's time in relative dimension in space. Uh, basically, it can go any place, any time, in any dimension. What? TARDIS means something? Yes. Wait, 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 um, wait. Say it again. What does it mean? Time and relative dimension in space. Okay, you know what? Because one of the things about Doctor Who that used to always get me is that it felt very more like fantasy than science fiction. And so now you're telling me that, okay, that there is like some real science behind the TARDIS. All right, all right, all right, okay. I'm getting, I'm I'm warming up. I'm warming (laughs) up. Yeah, (laughs) so the TARDIS basically uses a method where it, it travels through a time vortex, uh, which if you've ever seen the intro for the show, is that wormhole looking thing where it's kind of tumbling around and it, it the walls are basically points in time and dimensions. Um, he's traveled to different universes, um, also traveling to different um, dimensions. And of course, so he's gone to the end of the universe and the beginning and pretty much all the points in between. This is sounding very DS9-ish. Are you telling me this is like wormhole alien stuff? Uh, <laughs> Can, yeah, it, all, it always comes back to Star Trek, Jamal. You always know comes back to Star <laughs> Trek. Always, yeah. They're, the most recent tie-in is actually with Wesley Crusher. <gasps> <gasps> Say what? <laughs> because basically, um, and Will Wheaton has mentioned this, that he's a time lord now because they can go anywhere anytime and interact with pretty much anywhere in the universe that's true or other universes that's so true oh my god and what his as his duties in the, as he described in the last series episode of card is that they go around making sure things happen the way they're supposed to pretty much like the doctor only it's more organized the doctor <laughs> usually doesn't set out to go fix things he just winds up having to true does he does he have any control as to where he goes? Technically, he should. And when he's pressed, he can get the TARDIS to do that. But usually, and one of the best lines in one of the recent series is the TARDIS takes him where he needs to be. Because oh, the TARDIS is ah. All the TARDISes, and there are multiple ones, but his is the last one that's running. Um, it's connected to everything and everywhere. So it knows what's going on. So oh, it can't basically okay. won't tell him in advance. It kind of just takes him where he needs to be and when he needs to be. Oh, okay. How interesting. You're making me kind of want to see this now. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I might want to, you know. I might want to watch this. Yeah, now, one do. of the things that's allowed the show to stay on the air since 1963 with only one brief in- interruption from 1989 to 2005 when they brought the show back is because the doctor isn't one person he has this ability to regenerate basically if he's fatally injured um if they take out one or both of his hearts in such a way that he's gonna die um both of regenerate yeah gallifreyans have two hearts oh okay and they actually have to watch this show yeah so if you ever hear someone ever hear taps of four it's like that's a, a Gallifreyan heartbeat. Well, both of them. So yours would be thump thump. There's four thumps for Gallifreyan. Oh, okay. 
So okay. when the doctor regenerates, he basically becomes a new person. And immediately when, he, when that happens, he doesn't have access to his memories. So he's kind of clueless about what's going on, where he is, who he is, or she is, um, and what's going on. But they, ha- they retain basic information about how to use the TARDIS, um, that they are a time lord. Um, and eventually their memories come back. But they basically get to start an entire new life. They're a little jumbled when they first reincarnate. Yes, <laughs> that would be that would be. I would understand that. Okay, because the first one I saw, I, I did see a couple of Doctor Who's back when it was really the kind of first came on. And okay, my first question to you, Jamal, is when did you come into Doctor Who? Because it started in 1963, and it went all the way to 19. 19- 89 so it never had the break that star trek had where you know there was three seasons and it was done and we were just watching reruns for years and years and years doctor who just went on it was just all these doctor who's and then there was a short break like you said from 2000 it came back in 2005 until now so this show has been on almost continuously except for that little you know six-year break and unlike star trek but um six years, that's eighty-nine to two thousand and five. That's longer than six years, isn't it? Or am I a real bad no, math? No, it's like you were fifteen years almost. Yeah, thank you, friend. Okay. Right. So yeah, there was that one break. But which Doctor Who did you come in, you know, just like which is your Star Trek franchise? <laughs> which <laughs> Doctor Who did you come in? with and why did you love him so much well uh, before before you answer that one too can i tag on like how many doctors overall have there been thus far Mm. that is actually an interesting one um depending on who you're asking Uh there's either with this upcoming doctor have been 14 but if you count the war doctor um who was in the 50th anniversary special um and the female rogue doctor from the most recent series, then there's 16. Oh. Ooh. Whoa. But what we found out in the most recent series is there may be an infinite number of them because mm-hmm. even the doctor doesn't know how many times they've regenerated. Mm-hmm. Okay, but that makes formally, sense. there's been 14 people that what? held the title of doctor. Is he the only doctor? Um, he's the only one referred to as the doctor. Okay. Um, Galfrans, Time Wars will usually have a different name or title. Um, one of his his main arch nemesis throughout the whole series is called the Master. Um, he's, they don't never say what he's the master of, but that's just his title. <laughs> so we need to know. So it's like the Watcher for Marvel Comics. Yeah, right, right. right. Where exactly. His job is pretty much his title, but um, no one calls him by his actual name. He's just the Watcher. It's the same thing with the master. And so which doctor was Tom Baker, the one that I came in with in 19, I don't know what, 70. Yeah, something. he came in at 74 and ran until 81. Okay, um, yeah. Like, all right, that's that's when I was in college and that's when we were definitely watching Doctor Who and Monty yeah. Python. Okay, it was all this British stuff and we were totally so into it. I was introduced to Doctor Who in the late 70s to early 80s, um, but they were they brought over the series, all the series piecemeal over uh-huh. on pbs right right watched it so that's how i, I used to watch it of, too i had a mix of doctors actually so the first one i have a memory of was actually um patrick Troughton. um 
because they were still doing the episodes in black and white. Yeah. So I saw a couple of the episodes with him and they were Daleks, um, which is another one of the Doctor's enemies. Um, but then there's a gap that then I jumped to Tom Baker. And the easiest way to remember him is the scarf and the hat and the curly brown hair. Like yeah. Excessively mm-hmm. long scarf. Um, right. okay, probably that's... run into people wearing the scarf at cons <laughs> and you're like, why is that scarf so long? Right, it's, it's a <laughs> scarf and rent. He was wearing that scarf <laughs> and the floppy hair. That's always what I think of when I think of Doctor Who. Okay, yeah, so the Fourth Doctor is the, really the first one I watched it multiple episodes, but I've seen. I started off with the Second Doctor. So, we're looking at a British show that started in the sixties chances are they don't have a great track record with minority characters or people of color on the show. Like when did we start? Right. So when did we start seeing more representation in Dr. Who? And do you remember like any notable characters of, of color, particularly black characters that, that stand out? That were regulars on the show? Not really. You would see them in background characters or people that the Doctor would run into. But it wasn't really until the reboot in 2005 uh, where we saw um, the Doctor's companion, Rose, Rose Tyler. Mm-hmm. Her boyfriend at the time was named Mickey. Yeah, He was a Black British kid. Um, he was the first one that was a regular on the show who had speaking lines. You knew what his name was. And he traveled along with the Doctor and Rose for a time. Um, the first black companion of was then um, Martha Stewart, uh, not Martha Stewart. Martha <laughs> um, she actually traveled with the doctor. It's kind of bad because she joined up with the doctor after he lost Rose um, by saving her. Um, oh. So she, a lot of people refer to her as the rebound t- companion. Oh, wow. A lot of the more recent doctors, the, the companions have a tendency to fall in love with the doctor, mm. not through anything of his doing, but um, usually just because he's kind um, and the ability to travel anywhere probably factors into it. Um, but he ran into Martha Jones. Um, she kind of fell for him, but he was not at a place where he could even pay attention to that. So, mm. And who was playing that doctor? Uh, that was actually um, David Tennant's doctor. Okay. He's the 10th doctor. Um, probably more people would recognize him more recently. Um, I believe it's Good Omens. Yeah, Good Omens. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's also been in That's Black Church. That's a very Church. famous doctor's. Matt I've Smith. heard that name before. David Tennant is a David David Tennant doctor. He's also the voice of the of Scrooge McDuck in the more, most recent revival of DuckTales. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I did not realize okay. that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so cool. Well, David Tennant is the doctor in the episode that we compared to Darmok when mm-hmm. we did um, Midnight. Yeah. That was David Tennant. Okay. So he was the doctor. And if you go back, everyone, and go back and listen to our show when we compared the Darmok to Midnight, thank you, JD. That was uh, David Tennant. And then um, Matt Smith has been the doctor, who you might mm-hmm. know from The Crown. He was playing um, Prince Philip. 
in the crown and won a and won an uh, an Emmy for that. So and Matt Smith has been in a bunch of other stuff. So he was uh, he was he's a currently he was in, I believe in a song song of fire and ice right now. He's a Targaryen. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was Apparently after he's David quite Tennant, wicked. Right? <laughs> and then we have Jodie Whittaker. Yeah, Jodie Whittaker was the most recent doctor, and she was the first female doctor. Yeah. Okay. I I've did watch the first. I watched the first couple of episodes just to see. You know, I said, "Oh, female." Not you know. I don't just watch when there's a black Doctor Who. I watched when there was a female, female Doctor too. Who. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It. Her appearance as a, the first female Doctor brought a lot of controversy. Brought a lot of, of um, vitriol from people who thought they were fans, but mm-hmm. realized that they weren't really fans of, of the show or the concept. Sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, you had basically 50, 55 years of white male doctors. Really? Just one after another. And did in she, a white well, female doctor. Right. Was her tenure as long as, like, what's the average tenure of a doctor? The average tenure is usually like four to six years. Um, Tom Baker was actually a pretty long run. Uh, he did seven years. Uh, yeah. And yeah. it, did five years the shortest runs were actually christopher eccleston uh he was the doctor he was the doctor who brought the series back in 2005 mm. um, okay. he was only there for a year uh, oh wow show runners and decided that he wanted to show up uh, which is a shame because he was quite good at the, being the doctor but the upsides is then we got david Tennant, who was excellent at the doctor yes he was I have there was a also Paul McGann, who was in the movies, but he was there for a year. And Jody was basically uh, started in 2018, and technically she'll hand over the reins this year. So, so let me ask this question here: How long has it been? It's a two-part question. How long have they announced that the brother would take over as the Doctor, and has there been any backlash? Or um. How much backlash has there been? Yeah, there you go. (laughs) How much backlash has there been? There's actually been, the backlash has actually been twofold and interesting. Um, Obviously, there's been the backlash by people who are like a black doctor. Um, They just can't handle that and their heads exploded, but that's their problem. (laughs) Um, Then there are people who felt like um, Jody didn't get a fair share, fair shake at it because her run, the showrunner, uh, Chris Chibnall, um, he didn't do the best job of running the show. He's a good writer and wrote some really good episodes. But in terms of writing a good Doctor Who show, he wasn't that good. So there was a lot mm. of there were a lot a lot of people feel like she was underutilized, um, even though she put in put on a great performance as the Doctor. Um, so they oh, feel right. like also since her her tenure was interrupted like everybody's tenure was by the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Everything got cut short. Yeah. So yeah, okay. Have the, I would didn't think have the, the same number of episodes and she didn't have that, um, the send-off you usually get when they switch doctors. Uh, for the mm-hmm. new doctor, so there were people upset that she was leaving. There were people upset that there was going to be a black doctor. Um, the idea that this doctor was queer, potentially, um, that also set off a whole different set of people. He, I'm sure, there's queer? a Venn diagram. Um, Did you say he was queer? 
believe so. Um, oh, so they're, okay. but the thing is, the doctor has always had that potential. Yeah, it's been implied that the doctor doesn't really have a preference. Um, okay. It's not as bad as Captain Jack, who was one of the characters <laughs> encounters as in travel as his travels. But um, yeah, so there was there's probably a Venn diagram of people who were upset at, at the changes, but for different reasons. Um, and they all intersect around there's a new doctor there's also uh-huh. people who just don't get don't like it when they change doctors at all um, well it's always so emotional when they change the doctor because you get okay, attached they, to them yeah. yeah yeah they get attached and you know the only one i only saw one change like i said is when it became um tom baker and it was, um, you know, he's lying on the floor and you know, the woman is like crying that the doctor went someplace. And I don't know, he went there. She's like, why did he go there? And I remember, you know, the, the, they were like, he dies. He dies. He has to die. And then he comes back and he changes into the new guy. So poor Jodie Whittaker has to come back. And are they going to, you know, usually they show the the, the reincarnation. Yeah. The, of the doctor so jody's got to come back and then she's going to turn into you know suti gatwa <laughs> basically yeah the the more modern shows have done it a little more smoothly because there's this usually this flash of yellow orange light where the body glows and then there's a flash and then they're the new person so well okay. usually <laughs> in the beginning they would just kind of do some visual tricks things would get blurry um, it might fade to black briefly or fade to white, and then the right. new doctor shows up. Yeah, so right. Okay. A fade in or fade out. They've, they've okay. stepped it up. Okay. Right. So, Jamal, what do you love? I mean, you know, we talked about Star Trek and the fact that a lot of us came into Star Trek loving Star Trek because of Ahura, and that yeah, yeah. brought us into the show and made us stay in what I personally loved the horror, of course, but then it was Captain Kirk for me, oh baby. But, um, you know, the, the, what about the show has kept you watching since 1970-whatever? Honestly, the idea about being able to step into history um, and see it from both the perspective of someone from contemporary times, like whenever now was for that per- that companion, um, but also from the perspective of the doctor, who's an alien who's thousands and in some cases millions of years old. Um, mm-hmm. His people are well more advanced than humans. Um, that they get to go sightsee. Mm. And they have their own perspective on like the motivations, like if they're doing something momentous, is like how the, the doctor is in love with humanity. So it's like when we're when we're doing something great, he always says brilliant. <laughs> um but then he get then there's also the moments when you you just have you can see and feel the disappointment when people were doing the things that disappoint all of us. Um, I um have to say uh, I like Pluto the Pluto app and they have a Doctor Who uh, channel on um, mm-hmm. network you know channel on there and I can I can uh, look at it on there. But as Sabrina said to piggyback what off of what Sabrina said. I look, you hear Michelle Nichols is the one that hooked me into Star Trek. Had she not been on Star Trek, and I was looking at, you know, science stuff when I was, you know, like the Twilight Zone 
and the time tunnel. I looked at the time tunnel because they had a woman scientist on it. They did. And back in, yeah. And yep. back in those days, they didn't have women, you know, scientists that played a prominent part in, in shows. So I like that. So that hooked me on the time tunnel, even though it only lasted like one season, uh, maybe two, not one. one. And yeah. And uh, the Water World, the original one. I like that they had woman scientists on there. But she kind of played her her part her smartness down because they did that back in the fifties because the other guy was the guy she was you know like he was a scientist too but you know it was important for me to see you know at least if there was a female and then there was a black female who hooked me into track and I kept watching it even though you know all I could see was I started from the beginning in '66. But I kept, you know, because they played it, it came alive in syndication. That's where it actually came alive, where we saw it for years and years and years. But I still watched it because Michelle, Miss Nichols was on there and she kept me intrigued. And then when TNG came out, you know, they had uh, um, uh, LeVar Burton and Michael Dorn on there. So that kept me hooked and they, they've continued uh, to do that. I first heard about Doctor Who, I'm gonna tell you, the first time I was looking at the Big Bang Theory because I was a, a fan of, of them. And I, I kind of looked it up because the only British stuff I was look, looking at in the late 70s and 80s was Monty Python and Benny Hill. <laughs> <laughs> I oh love Benny Hill. Which one? I love the, Benny. Who didn't watch Benny Hill? Oh my God. I know, we all I love his Benny Monty, Hill. I, I said, this man is a fool. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it was so funny and raunchy and I loved it. And of course, Monty Python, that's the only, you know, something, you know, because I looked at PBS back then and, and, you know, some things, you know, the shows and stuff they had. But I never saw Doctor Who and I was, and then when I kind of, you know, kind of wanted to look it up, I'm like, okay, you know, Black Doctors, ain't no women Doctors, what, what, you know? So I did I never, I've never seen an episode of it. But I'm going to go, you know, you make it interesting. I have to tell you this. You make it so interesting and telling telling me because I'm one of those people as when Tamia came on and said people who have never seen it or not interested in it. I'm interested in it now because of the way that you explained it. And I just, I didn't know, I, I knew he was a time traveler, but I didn't know he was an alien. So thank you. Thank you. You have made it really interesting. And I'm going to check it out on Pluto. Because they have the the, I'm I'm really gonna I'm gonna watch it, y'all. I'm gonna watch. <laughs> okay, okay, you gonna watch the, I'm gonna watch it because we know what's gonna happen to this poor brother because it's been happening to every single black person that has stepped into a sci-fi show in these recent times. It has just been so crazy that you know, like you say, we come from a world where horror was just I don't. I, I mean, of course, you and I were little fam when this came on, but there wasn't any yeah, of we were this children. horror. Like, why is she on the bridge? There would be, no. you know, there was none of this. I don't remember. I mean, you could, you had to write a letter, you know, back in the yeah, day. Yeah, well, people, and those, if, they if they everybody so, was mad about a horror, they didn't know. I mean, and, they were you know, really we know, ignorant, so they did, they didn't know how to write letters. But go ahead, right? And we know that there were scenes <laughs> that were cut out with a horror in it in certain parts of the country. They just in cut the parts. scene out. They just, they, cut, they just cut it out. But we didn't have this, you know, um, crazy black backlash that we're having that is just getting so predictable. 
for sure. you know, John Boyega and um, yes. you know the woman that was in um, the Asian lady. She was a thought that everybody, everybody. Yeah. It's like, come mm-hmm. on, do you really think that the only people who can do sci-fi are white people? What is with you? So now we have this whole thing going on with House of House of the Dragon, and we got this whole thing going on with the other new show that everybody the mad. The black That's not the Rings of Power. Little- and Ring um, the the little, mermaid. little mermaid. Yeah, it's a same oh, story. Oh, went off on the Little Mermaid. You know, and you know, grown I had men, to... grown men, grown white men, losing their ish over the Little Mermaid <laughs> being black. Get out! And as one sister said on Twitter, I love Black Twitter. Me as too. many black people as y'all have thrown in the ocean, why are you surprised? <laughs> If there's a black mermaid, <laughs> you got a point down there. You got a point. Anybody want to read the deep? Go ahead and read it. <laughs> but um, but to get back to Doctor Who, let's. Okay. So we have now. So tell. I remember that. I, I, okay, we didn't have a, an a, an a horror equivalent. Let's say back in the '60s with Doctor Who, but you were still in there, Jamal, and I watched for like two episodes with you. But we did have the companions, as you said, and I thought there was also a female black doctor who I thought I saw this. Am I correct? Or was I just daydreaming? He showed up in, in during Jodie Whittaker's run. It wasn't part of the old older series. Um, so in the 2000s? Yes. Okay. This, in this most recent run. Um, okay. And they had a sister doctor who? Yeah. And they don't remember each other. Usually, the doctor will remember his pre- their previous incarnations, right. uh, so they couldn't tell whether Jody was the newer version or an older version of the Black Doctor. So, so how long did she stay around? Um, it was only for basically an episode or so. Um, okay, okay. But it got Jody's character thrown in jail by some other aliens. Um, called wow. the Jadoon. Um, oh, dang. They, they have, have rhino heads. That's the easiest way to describe it. Like <laughs> a rhino's head on a big, burly man's body. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. If it weren't for Big Bang Theory, I, would, I wouldn't know anything. I, I mean, okay, let me see who Doctor Who is. So I have dabbled in and out of Doctor Who for many years but i mean not by no means would i call myself a whovian right like uh but if it's on i'm not necessarily going to change um well that depends some of the older ones like i i really had to force myself to sit through and try to watch and um and i i don't know but some of them really grabbed me some of the episodes really grabbed me and there's some phenomenal storytelling um that I see in Doctor Who, but I would, I'm wondering if there's like, you know, I mean, coming from a Trek world, I'm used to so sort of a overall arching philosophy um, or, you know, themes that run throughout our storytelling. Does it, do you see that in Doctor Who at all? Um, Yeah. The Doctor has a general thing where one, it's kind of like modern Batman because originally Batman, Carried a gun and he would shoot people. Yeah. Um, the doctor doesn't kill people. 
he ah. does not take up weapons, although he has picked, he has used a gun, but not to shoot someone. He used it to set off something to blow up a steam pipe or something. Um, he is actually fenced an alien um, with a sword. He lost his hand and that turned into a whole other thing that was brought back later. Um, so it's based for the doctor it was basically like Luke Skywalker's hand getting chopped off and then they kept the hand. So, <laughs> but they didn't reattach it because the doctor had just regenerated or he was going to regenerate. So that lets him actually heal himself briefly. So mm. he grew a new hand. Okay. Oh. So he's just got an extra hand lying around. Get to the next. Get two hearts. <laughs> got an extra hand too. It's starting to sound like you have a Klingon in there. I was thinking about the Klingons would be yeah, two hearts. Um, just one of everything else, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so this Doctor Who is really one being. Yes. But he's just kind of, he's kind of like a trill. He keeps coming back in like a different body, but he's Yeah, like... he's basically the ultimate expression of reincarnation. Like you die, uh-huh. you regenerate, mm-hmm. you come back as you, but it's a new you. Like your personality Does he remember is the past lives? Eventually, yeah. Right away when he regenerates, it's kind of a blank slate. Okay. Okay. All right. All right, everybody. Are you ready for Suti Gatwa? Because he's going to come in there. He's got like 14 lives. That he's got to remember from like 1963, and so the brother's going to be ready, and he's going to like jump. He's going to go like he's going to be like quantum leaping into like periods of history. Is that what we're, I mean, this is, this show sounds incredible. I'm going to have to like check this out again. I mean, you know, my college years were all a blur. I don't really remember <laughs> what I happened. Think, with Doctor I think that's Who. one of the things that um, has always intrigued me the most about Doctor Who. Um, because I, I was always coming in, like, not really knowing what had gone on previously. <laughs> I'm like, I'm always, like, jumping some random episode. Every time I see it, it's a different doctor. I don't have any context for anything going on. But I feel mm-hmm. like I'm kind of like the characters in that sense, because they're in some brand new world, in some brand, mm-hmm. often in some brand new place trying to figure out what the hell is going on here and like why are we here what are we doing and i love the i love the mystery of that right like i love the puzzle mm-hmm. of that you know i mean that it, it's a mystery uh, is often written into part of a lot of the stories of doctor who yeah that is one of the writing things there's usually some puzzle to solve there you they, I don't think they've had an episode where they just go and hang out somewhere. Right. Something almost always happens, and then there. Well, now you know, there's a puzzle to solve. Yeah. Why would you want to see that? I don't want to see the doctor. I, I want to see doing something. I tell you, one thing I love, like one thing I I try not to miss is the Doctor Who spe- Christmas specials. Yeah, yes. those are a big. They fiction. have Christmas specials. Yes, yeah. even I knew that there was a big uh, one. Was it like are a, they like? singing and doing stuff no no it's like it's kind of like a little mini movie Mm -hmm. yeah a little mini movie every christmas usually around christmas or like right before or right after um they will do a big story it's a standalone thing sometimes if it's in the middle of a doctor's run it's just a standalone story um but usually they'll try and coincide that with if they're switching doctors they'll coincide that so that it the big Christmas episode will tie into that. So you get one last oh. escapade for the the outgoing doctor. 
Um, but those are usually they crank up the fun level of these. Um, yeah. There are some episodes where Doctor Who, where they don't win necessarily. It's like they survive usually, um, but it's not always a happy outcome. Um, usually <laughs> with the Christmas specials, though. Um, it's a lighter, a, a lighthearted, more lighthearted adventure. Okay. So it, it's fun. It's like it's something you watch at, while you're unboxing your Christmas presents, mm-hmm. waiting. For Christmas. Okay. It's, so it's just one of those have, fun things. Yeah. It'd be like watching the Trouble with Tribbles every Christmas. <laughs> um, but there's a different so, sort of wacky tale. Mm-hmm. Well, I, when she said the Christmas special, y'all know where my mind went at. The cheesiest, one of the cheesiest and worst Christmas specials. The Star Wars Star Christmas Wars. special? The cheesiest <laughs> thing. It was. It is terrible. I don't even know what you're talking about. The Star Wars. <laughs> the Star Wars. Get out of here, Sabrina. You know the Star Wars. Go on one YouTube of the worst and you can ever. find it. Oh, God. I've never even. It's actually stuff. on Disney it's, Plus it's, now. Oh, is it awful. for real? Oh my god! It's awful. It was so funny. I mean, it's just so bad. It's funny. It's like, <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! I don't even but know I, this. I think it's, I think it's so bad that it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 what year did this come out? The Star Wars Christmas in the eighties, sometimes eighty. Oh, okay. yeah, it was between Star Wars and the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, okay. so it was yeah, and I actually watched it. Yeah, I watched it as a kid, so I was like five or six. I was a grown woman, so it was really good to you, wasn't it? You thought it was nice, didn't you? It was weird. Um, (laughs) A lot of it didn't line up with the movies, but then there was the part where they show us that, and they're like, okay. Um, But yeah, the older you get, the more you watch it, and the more confusing it gets. Yes. Because you're paying attention to it now. And you know Star Wars, and you're like, what's going on here? (laughs) And I was a grown woman when I watched it, so I was like, what in the hell? Man, I just, like, wondered how much more time we were going to spend at Chewbacca's house, you know? (laughs) We went to Chewbacca's house? Yes. Apparently, it's like the Hotel California. We couldn't leave. You know, you you might check out, but you ain't going nowhere. (laughs) <laughs> you've never seen it you, you really, oh, never seen it. really need to okay. watch star wars oh my god we might yeah, have to do a sci-fi Christmas. sisters watch like watch party we might oh have to do, no yeah. we don't <laughs> oh yeah we do yeah we do no we don't it's it's, it's that fun <laughs> so jamal i have another question if people were interested in trying to do some boning up on some doctor who pre new black doctor who's going to be amazing um because we just claim that um what what would you recommend like how would people go about because this is a really huge large uh intimidating franchise to jump into that with more than a half a century worth of content Mm -hmm. it it can be daunting and knowing where to Mm -hmm. jump in um honestly i would say start with one of the shows from 2005 forward um then oh, you can go back okay um because if okay. you start at the beginning it's a lot it's very similar to having people who are used to all the new cgi stuff telling them to go watch the cage or where no man is oh, okay yeah okay. effects are they're very 1960s british television effects yeah that was mm-hmm. the problem a lot of practical stuff you can tell that there's dryer vent 
that's a plunger with some wire on it. Um, oh yeah, like they weren't trying. And, they were and, not trying. They were, no. <laughs> compared to what you would see in like 50s sci-fi movies, it was actually pretty creative considering they were cranking them out weekly. So, mm-hmm. so let me ask you, would you recommend looking at, um, have you ever looked at Pluto, looked at it on Pluto? Would yeah, you recommend if you want to just dive in and see if, if anything grabs you, just go on Pluto, pick a couple episodes and start. Um, okay. I would recommend Midnight. I would definitely mm-hmm. recommend the one that we saw because that yeah, was Midnight I, is a good one to start with. Never um, knew anything about it. You don't really have to know anything particularly about, you know, Doctor Who or his alienness or anything like that to enjoy that episode. And it was an absolutely incredible episode. I mean, it is a okay. brilliant episode. Yeah. And where can I see that? Where? 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 Um, actually, I believe they have it on HBO Max now, um, but you can okay, also watch it, stream it from BBC America. Um, okay, okay, all right. Okay. Yeah. So I have now, one who was your favorite doctor? My favorite doctor is David Tennant, the 10th doctor. Um, so is yeah, mine. Okay. So is mine. Definitely my favorite, by far. Like, I just love David Tennant, though, also. I do, too. Like, it took I a little too. time to warm up to Matt Smith. Uh, but eventually, yeah, he he he's good. Um, he was pretty good. Yes, Matt Smith was pretty um, good. Actually, that was that. He is his series had one of the episodes where if you want to see if you want to see how the the show can actually grab a hold of your heart and squeeze for a little bit, I would say watch Vincent and the Doctor. It's from, okay. Uh, it's one of uh, Matt Smith's episodes where they basically go back. Uh, the doctor and his companion go back and meet Vincent Van Gogh because oh, they started off looking yeah. at his paintings. In I saw that one. Oh, yes. you just oh okay. my gosh, that was a good one. That one oh. would make even this, yeah. the most stiff upper lip person tear up. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's okay. like right up. That you're right because that one hit me right up, right the same type of way that watching The Visitor hits me every time oh god wow i remember that one that was a good one thank you for that reminder like that that is that those two episodes alone are enough uh to convince me like like yeah i need to be more serious about watching this doctor who because every time especially like from the 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 newer ones you know i'm i'm running into a brilliant brilliantly written science fiction story almost every time you know yes. i mean there's uh, i i don't tend to run across across a lot of clunkers um so mm, and, i mean okay. doctor who has a few but they're few and far between i'd say mm-hmm. um and okay. they usually follow it up or perceive it with something so solid you don't care <laughs> sometimes you're like okay i can deal with this clunker it's not gonna not gonna feel bad about this so a few move along homes but not that many (laughs) yeah um okay and then there's a couple other characters there's a couple recurring characters one is the master who's his nemesis through basically thousands and millions of years is that played by a different person too yeah the the master gets he all since he's also a time where he regenerates and actually okay Oh. Actually, yeah the the master became was the first female time lord that we saw because at one get point, out of town. He, All right. Yeah, he at one point he regenerated into a woman, 
um, who called herself Missy. Um, so oh, what Michelle a name. Gomez, um, and she was like normally I, I wasn't was. that big of a fan of the master, but when she took over that, it was just she was like deliciously evil. Yeah. It was like <laughs> a playful level of evil. Um, Do who what was who was the actress that played the female? Uh, Michelle Gomez, I believe. Okay. Yeah, probably <laughs> my favorite um character that isn't the doctor is River Song. No, which character um, is actually that? the doctor's wife eventually? Um, slowly yeah. writing it down. I know, right? That that's that pause that you hear, folks. It's just like <laughs> we're writing it down. My sister, they're <laughs> writing. Can't hear they're the writing scribble, it down. Like scratch, 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 scribble, scribble. Okay. <laughs> okay. Her song is played by Alex Kingston, uh, who you might actually remember on American TV. Uh, I believe this was she was on ER as one of the nurses. I uh, remember that also, name, Alex Kingston. She's also played Boudicca Warrior Queen in a movie about her. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, she's an amazing actress. Um, but yeah, when you see her and the Doctor, she's interacted with like three or four versions of the Doctor so far, um, which is kind of unique for her because when she meets him for the first time is not when he meets her for the first time. So, mm. yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Actually, like yeah. So they're out of sync. So they actually have to keep that di- up. Uh, she keeps a diary of their encounters. Oh, wow. And okay. every time he tries to take a peek at it, he, she grabs the, grabs it away and says, spoilers, sweetie. <laughs> oh well oh, this is starting to sound like timeless now okay <laughs> where are my timeless okay. fans <laughs> so even though uh the fan the people can't see your background it looks really huge on the in- is that inside the TARDIS is that yeah the way it looks? we didn't touch on the TARDIS um yeah, well, let's, let's probably heard people say it's bigger on the inside um, okay. Basically, the ship is effectively like an inside-out holodeck. Like it has what they call a what they call in the show a chameleon circuit. So it they can make it look you can make it look like anything you want. Um, oh. There was a point where it would do what it, go into whatever shape you wanted. Um, so it was a point where it looked like a dresser. Um, it would look like a normally it looks like a big blue police box. Um, uh-huh have in london um but it has at various points looked like a diner uh from the <laughs> 1950s um inside and out um huh. a police box i believe a garbage dumpster um, and various <laughs> other shapes um the problem is that at some point it gets stuck so that it's it's stuck looking like the uh police box so it kind of stands okay. out but it has, oh, okay. they explain that by giving it this, um, it's a, basically a psychic camouflage so that people don't, most people, if they look at it, won't recognize what it is. It'll look like something from when their time is. Okay. But if oh, you okay. go back to like the 1950s or the 60s and you're in London, people are like, where'd you get that old police box? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you don't see a phone booth around here anymore. So everything 
If all of a sudden a phone booth appeared, we would all go, right, what's this phone <laughs> right. booth doing Where here? the phone booth? Yeah. What's with the phone booth? <laughs> and, you know, there's another aspect of this show that we haven't touched on either that I think um, as Trekkies is particularly relevant, especially if you watched um, the first season of, uh, of Star Trek Picard. Um, and that is the sonic screwdriver. And, yes. And okay. the reason that I say that is because I like looked up and on Picard, they're given a gift and it's basically a stick and they point it at something and it fixes whatever they need it to fix, which is like the mm. sonic screw, which is exactly what the sonic screwdriver was. And I just looked at the Trek guys like writing. I'm like, is this an ode to Doctor Who or is this <laughs> a straight ripoff Doctor of Who. Doctor Who? You know, and that was my question. It's a little bit of both, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, the sonic screwdriver is the doctor's tool of choice. It's also his weapon of choice. Um, like you said, it's partly telepathically controlled. So you think about what you want it to do. Very much like the uh, tool yeah, that we gave yeah. the card. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it does it. Um, however, it has a limitation. It can't. It doesn't work on wood because oh. sonic weapon. It it can basically it can vibrate the water molecules or air molecules in wood and basically shatter it. But if you if he needed to like un, open a door that was wood and there wasn't a metal lock, it'd be a problem. <laughs> but he can reprogram computers with it. He can he can. What one thing he actually did at uh, Matt Smith with it was he grabbed someone's random cell phone, used the sonic screwdriver on it, and basically got it to connect to every computer on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> I love the sonic screwdriver, it's such a great plot device. <laughs> yeah. And so, every Doctor Who had a sonic screwdriver, or did just there appear was in- one that actually used the flute? And for a brief period, Peter Capaldi's doctor. Um, he preceded Jody Whitaker. He had sonic sunglasses because oh. he was the wow. He was trying to be hip, but yeah, he played he played electric guitar, um, which he actually did play. Um, it turns out he was in a band with Craig Ferguson. Oh wow! Okay, that's in random. That is so random. But yeah, he lost his screwdriver. It got broken, so he, he made a pair of sonic him. sunglasses. He lost his sonic screwdriver. <laughs> but yeah, H Doctor has a slightly different looking sonic screwdriver. Uh, that's one of the things that, that helps distinguish them. Uh, it first started out looking like a pen with a little red dot at the bottom top of it. Okay. Um, but then it got more um, detailed and unique. So that by the time they got to the ninth Doctor and the 10th Doctor, um, it was a very unique tool. Okay. okay. So is it like okay, well, I mean, does each doctor have their own incarnation? Like are like you know, like how some things you get a new Trek series and they're updating things that you know we've seen on other shows, but you know, but on this show it's gonna look like this, you know. I mean, do they do yes, that? Yes, actually. Them? Um like the different Klingons. The basic yeah, shape of the TARDIS stays the same. Um that's one Klingons. thing that changes that it but sometimes you'll get slight variations in it, like Sir Doctors have a slightly different light on the top, but the TARDIS will be like a couple inches taller, a couple inches wider. The shade of blue that it is will change. Oh, Some of them will look newer than others, uh, but on the inside, it's basically like 
it's like working inside a Zoom call with someone like me where you can have a different background. They actually call them desktops uh, so that there's a different interface for basically each version of the doctor. Um, so they can make it look the way, however they want. Okay. Um, yeah. That's nice. So here's the thing, like, why should black people care about Dr. Who? Like, why, why do we care? Or do we care? I think we do care. Um, and not just because there's going to be a black doctor, that's another yeah. great reason too. But, um, beyond that. It's very much like Star Trek in that the doctor tends to seek out people who seek are on the road to, or have already gotten to that place where we're better than we are Mm. now. Um, And that, or that they have, or they find the people who are better than the people in their time, they rise above, they step up and do the right thing. Um, There's also the adventure seeing alien worlds, seeing how uh-huh. other cultures uh, exist. And the doctor is fascinated with all of it. Um, there was a point where in there's one called uh, where dinosaurs on a spaceship where he's basically hanging out with Queen Nefertiti. Uh-huh. Um, she, he brings her on the TARDIS uh, along <laughs> with a couple of other people, an adventurer. Um, and she's quite brilliant. So um they play that properly. It's like she's mm. not just there to look good. Nice. Um, like a lot of people, they're pulled out of their time. So there's things they obviously don't understand technology wise. But in terms of practicality, um, like if they have to come up with a strategy or figure out how, whether or not someone's lying to them, um, those strengths get to play through. Um, everyone gets to try and reach their potential. Mm. Um, like the companions, sometimes they're, um, one of them may be a little mousy or timid, um, but a- after they're done with the doctor, they become bold. They see that they can do anything that they put their mind to um, because they've saved the universe, they've saved the world, and they've gone places no one else has ever gone. Um, and they, they're traveling in a minute with someone who will do all these things without picking up a weapon that's really interesting yeah they never have they never have a weapon well you know still i think um representation matters you know it, it matters that you know little girls or little black girls will see themselves oh that could be me you know because and you all saw the reactions of those little black girls when they showed that trailer of Ariel. So representation does matter. And I hope they get more diverse on this show because it matters. Yeah, it matters. Well, I I think think that should start happening with this new doctor, hopefully. I'm hoping people will just give the show a chance. It brought back one of the older showrunners, so the writing should be solid and the flow of the show should be better, so. Mm-hmm. And now they're basically, in terms of filming, there should be clear of the pandemic issues that um, Jody. I hope so. Had, so poor thing. Mm-hmm. So, so Jamal, before we you know end this, I want to also mention that this show has um, 
One of the reasons why I really wanted to talk about this show is because we do love sci-fi, and this is the longest-running science fiction television series in the world. In the world, so, yeah. Um, it's the most successful of them all, beating Star Trek, beating Star Wars, beating all of them, just from uh, the number of shows, the DVDs, the amount they've made. So, I mean, this is not a show that you can poo-poo. It is the show. Mm-hmm. So to say you're sci-fi and not know Doctor Who at all is like, oh, you just need to at least acknowledge the show and say, yeah, this is this was something. But it also has like four spinoffs. So do we have any presence in any of these spinoffs? I know there's Torchwood, which I have heard of. I love mm-hmm. Torchwood, and, by um, the way. Okay, and K9, and then there's the Sarah the Sarah Jane Adventures and Class. I don't know the other three. Uh, Class was basically a a youth-oriented one. Uh, It was a a diverse group of uh, basically high school students um, who encounter some Doctor Who villains. Um, The Doctor eventually shows up, but they wind up having to basically do the Doctor's job while he's not there. Uh, Torchwood Ah. um, is probably the biggest spinoff where Captain Jack, who I mentioned earlier, basically winds up leading a team to deal with things that happen on Earth when the Doctor's not around. Because apparently constantly aliens trying to invade or hide out. All the time, I'm telling you. (laughs) All the time. Earth is apparently really popular with aliens. (laughs) The Sarah Jane Chronicles, uh, Sarah Jane was one of the Doctor's earlier companions. Uh, she's probably the, still the most popular one. Um, and she was probably the first one that you could clearly tell was in love with the Doctor at one point. Um, but they gave her her own spinoff. Um, K-9 is actually a little robot dog um, that the, do- <laughs> the Doctor created um, and basically gave Sarah Jane as, as a parting gift. Um, so it's an alien robot dog that rolls around. Is very smart, very helpful, can shoot laser beams out of its nose. Um, yeah, canine's cute. So, are you a completist? In, in, in the have you seen? Let's just say from that is actually a hard one. Because, yeah, because some of the stuff because some like, of the earlier episodes, a lot of the earlier episodes are were lost. Oh, the BB for some reason uh, there were. There was a fire that destroyed some of the tapes, and some Ooh. of them they just actually reused and recorded over them. Just wow! Recorded, yeah. money. Wow! So some episodes have actually only been found and restored because they found the tapes in TV stations in obscure places around the globe, like they found some in Brazil or Argentina, some in Africa. Uh, they found the cast of some tapes uh, for shows mm. that they thought there were no copies of. So that they were actually able to bring them back. Um, they, in some cases, they had audio for the uh, episodes. So they, there was a, a few years ago, they did an animated version. It was kind of like one of those uh, motion wait, comic wait, books. Wait, 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 wait! It's not <laughs> it a full was cartoon. An animated version of Doctor Who. It was. It's more like one of those motion comics that you see that they'll do for movies. Okay. Uh, where they'll uh, have the okay. audio. So basically, they. It's like a movie. Um, moving storyboard uh-huh got, what happened got it. okay okay with more detail okay. than a storyboard would. okay um, because they oh, only no, had the audio i don't know how we're going to get into this but 
<laughs> We're gonna try. You, like, but... imagine they lost the, like three, twelve episodes of Star Trek universe. Yeah, we would be like, like up if in you arms. didn't see it then, and all the tapes were lost, oh, but oh. they had the audio, so they wow. didn't read it, or you don't know what happened. There hasn't been an actual animated Doctor Who series yet. That would actually be pretty cool. I, I think it would. Yeah, I think it would. But originally, Doctor Who was targeted as children to get them in the history. So, right, they yeah, were supposed, right. supposed to jump to all the historical mm-hmm. places, and, and they did a lot of like, traveling on Earth. But there were also they mixed in aliens to make it different. So, so you're just well, saying that Quantum Leap is just not that original? Y'all heard it here first. Yep. <laughs> I'm putting it out well, on Twitter tomorrow. When he, when he first, basically, when he first Quantum Leap again, the, the two. So have you seen that? You basically, you have H.G. Wells, you got Doctor Who. Yep. Um, and I get mm-hmm. technically it'd be Star Trek and then the time tunnel. And then you're going down the list. Yeah, Quantum Leap yeah, is not, yeah. it's not in the top five. Um, okay. In terms of when they use time travel as a main gimmick. Right. And Quantum Leap does it interestingly because. He doesn't actually go anywhere. He's in the chamber and his well, essence he, actually yeah. he doesn't physically well, he, go anywhere. He can only travel in his lifetime. Yeah. So yeah, only, and, and no, you know, he can only travel he only traveled in his lifetime. Mm-hmm. So that was when you first started describing it, I was thinking about, you know, uh Sam jumping around, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Wait a minute. And then when you put the aliens, I'm like, okay, this is not quantum leap here. Because I was thinking it was like quantum leap. Uh-huh. I, I was. I really was. Only well, a no. British version. You said that one not. of the doctors met up the doctor met up with the other doctor, so we so we, our yeah, temporal that mechanics. has happened a few times. That's not how the way temporal mechanics work in Star Trek. Wait now. It doesn't blow up the universe. <laughs> My head is starting to hurt. Uh-oh. It doesn't blow up the universe, but the the worst thing that happened is that the desktops, um, where the basically the bridge of the TARDIS is, they got confused and they kept changing back and forth between the different doctors when they were all in one. <laughs> <laughs> and usually the doctors okay don't... what episode is that i gotta see that um, one <laughs> when they did that most recently was the doctor's 50th anniversary episode uh where they had um david Tennant, uh the late john hurt he played the war doctor and he was on there oh wow yeah okay and also at the end there were three Darius's parked next to each other so you can <laughs> see them from the different areas which was really the best <laughs> that's cool. the best way to see the subtle differences from them mm-hmm. but usually okay. when mm-hmm. they'd meet up with other doctors it's kind of a running gag that they never like the changes that they make to the desktop <laughs> except when they go back to one of the early ones where it was basically like the um, one you see on my background where it's just the white dots. Um, they all have a fondness for the, because that's the stock appearance of the TARDIS on the inside. Um, as time mm. goes by, they make subtle changes. Um, some of them didn't have chairs. Some of them had basically like, it was like a parlor where they had a table, chairs, a tea set. Um, that was mostly with Sylvester McCoy. Um, you've probably seen him in a lot of cons. Um, he was the one... He was the most visually gimmicky doctor, I would have to say, because he carried an umbrella with a question mark, which, of course, is the doctor's symbol. Um, 
And nice. I believe he, he wore a straw hat. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. You, I, I yeah when you see him, you're like, oh, he was a doctor. I didn't see any of these, but I know this picture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I promise been, after we after we get off of here, I'm going to turn on Pluto. You're going to turn on Pluto, huh? <laughs> I'm going to turn on Pluto. I am. It's, it's, you got it, Jamal. You, know, you got it. Yeah, because I haven't seen any. Well, so. we just I mean, gonna, we're just gonna take a look. I yeah, think, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna look. You know, Jamal has uh, certainly. Um, uh, I hope. I think has wet some appetites for you know for the doctor out there. I mean, I certainly feel like I need to go out and watch some Doctor Who. Tonight, you know, some. and you know, sometimes I get in a little bit of a rut and like, what are you gonna watch tonight? It's um. You know, is it going to be Star Trek? Or oh, which episode of Chances oh, are? Which episode of Deep Space Nine is going to watch? Right? <laughs> and you forget that there's other shows out there. Sometimes yeah. I get like stuck in a stuck in a Star Trek um, a bubble. You know, stuck in the rut. Well, he, but you know, he's no. piqued my interest. I'm telling you. Well, that's I, good. I have, and thank you. I have thank one you. last question. I think that we did not touch on at all, which was the thing that got me. I must have seen this when I was younger. It must. Have, it was like a movie. There was a little girl in it, and I think she was the companion. This is like this was an old one, and it seemed like it was a movie. And these like like machine things were coming after them. These, these like okay. they just were so cheesy, and I couldn't deal. <laughs> but <laughs> they were the Those Dal- are probably Daleks. The Dal- or Daleks, yes, yeah, the, the Daleks. The Daleks basically kind of look like a conical shaped washing machine with a plunger sticking out of it uh-huh. out of the head um cybermen kind of look like they were made out of vacuum parts but they tend to have oh goodness um they tend, they'll be silver usually um they had a couple different variations including one that was wood because they knew about the sonic screwdriver um they forgot about fire being a problem but <laughs> yeah those are the 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 aliens that come back the most with Okay, now are they in the 2005 going forward? Uh, yes, they, they, are. they brought okay. the Daleks back first in 2005 because the Doctors, people, the Time Lords, and the Daleks had been in war for quite some time, and they, mm. you'll hear references to it um, as the Time War. Um, basically, the battlefield was all of space and time because oh, the Daleks want to wipe out everything and start over. Um, they're Pretty much like the Borg, kind of not so much like the Borg, but more like they're like a combination of the Borg and Thanos or Dark Side. Yeah, yeah, more like Thanos. Yeah, uh huh. Oh, more like Thanos. Wow. Yeah, Yeah, they they want to be the one perfect life form in the universe. Okay. They'll destroy everybody. Now, am I right in assuming that the Doctor is the last of his kind? At various points in the show, you believe that. Um, but it may or may not be true because Uh-oh. at one point he thought that Gallifrey, his homeworld was destroyed and all the time words died. <gasps> um, but then that may, may or may not be the case. The problem is he doesn't remember all the time. There are points when he finds out Gallifrey's still there, but then he forgets. Hmm. He is okay, very okay. much of a... Yeah, so that's one of the things like later on in from 2005 forward he, he's always he's kind of sad because he can't go home because he thinks he's the last of his wow. time but then mm. the master shows up who while being his worst enemy is also his oldest friend 
So for them, it's right. the two of them. That explains why there's so much um, camaraderie between those. Because the, the, they're both in the same planet. Ma- especially yeah, the master that you were talking so about. Well. The woman who played the master. Yeah. The, the, oh. You really see that that come out in the, those performances. That there's an intimacy, not camaraderie. There's an intimacy. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. that's born out of shared experience and being like the only ones, mm-hmm. you know? So even oh. though they are technically enemies, that was, and see, this is the problem with watching Dr. Who out of context, y'all. Yeah. Cause like that mm-hmm. confused that's why we're me so to help much. You. And I was like, I thought you're the <laughs> bad guy, but like you're together and you're chilling at the same time, but you're really on opposite ends of the spectrum and you're really working at opposite, uh, opposite ends you know opposite goals yeah mm-hmm. okay like they thank all, you. both of them want them to to join the other one side mm-hmm. like the doctor always wants to wants the master to just give up being evil and come go travel the universe with them um but the master is like give in let's just be the most powerful people in the universe and run everything mm-hmm. which is completely at odds with each other so it never really happens for the few times that they work together, it's just like they're kind of unstoppable. I would think so. Yeah. That's really a lot of power. Yeah. Wow. Okay. One last thing, and I wish Yvette was here because she would enjoy this. Hi, Yvette. Hey, Yvette. There's actually you. connection between Star Trek and Doctor Who. There's actually several comics where a couple of different versions of the Doctor actually intera- interact with different versions of the Enterprise. So Tom Baker's yeah. Doctor actually meets Captain Kirk. What? While Matt Smith's Doctor meets Captain Picard. Get out! What? Yeah. <laughs> wait, no, wait. <laughs> so there's comics where that happens. So it wasn't just like with the X-Men crossover with Next Generation. There is a Doctor Who Star Trek crossover comic book. Yes. Oh, Mm -hmm. comic book. All right. Um, All right. I got to find that. Yvette, please. They're around. You can find find this for us. I want to read this. (laughs) And so, do they have a lit verse too, like Star Trek has a a series Uh, of books? Yes. Doctor Who is actually more, there are books and comics, but they're actually more known for radio drama. Oh, there are a good. lot of uh, radio dramas where they'll tell other stories. Radio dramas, and okay. By doing that, they can use actors from previous Doctor Who stories to tell an infinite number of uh, tales. Um, mm-hmm. so you'll get they ones. must be on Spotify. <laughs> doing ones. Um, you'll get top, um, Peter Davison, um, Colin Baker. All, all of the doctors, basically from Tom Baker forward, since they're still around. Have done oh, wow. Them. And most of the companions who are still around will do them. There's a couple that, a couple of companions that only exist in the radio dramas and books. So, oh wow, mm. okay, it's a lot, yeah. folks. That's it's a, a lot, lot of stuff. Lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It so, is. like you know, if we have piqued your interest, uh, I'm saying dip your toe anywhere and try. You know. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, you know, this has been a really great discussion, Jamal. Thank you so very much for coming to hang yes. out with us and lend your knowledge and your expertise and your love of this franchise. Thank you so much for having me. I've been a fan of the show since it started, and I love what you ladies do. 
Oh, shucks. Oh, we love Aww. you too, man. We love you too. And now we're going to have to have you back on some Trek stuff too. Absolutely. All right. yeah, but see, see, folks. What do you think of Tuvok? I mean, Tuvik. I just I thought I saw that out there. <laughs> okay. Gainway did nothing wrong. Thank I you. Agreed. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Agreed. I just I just wanted to know. Gainway <laughs> <laughs> did nothing On wrong. On that note, folks, before this completely devolves. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> We're gonna say a sayonara. Um we want to know what your thoughts are on Doctor Who. If you've been a long time Whovian, if you are somebody like me who dips in and out every once in a while, or if you're a complete novice to Doctor Who, what you think about this show and any like comments, me. And, <laughs> uh, any comments that you might have uh, about the show that just might be read on the air at some point, Sabrina, do you want to tell folks where they can find us? Yes. You can find us on our website, SciFiSisters.com. That's SciFiSisters, S-Y-F-Y-S-I-S-T-A-S.com. And please leave us a message and let us know what you think of the show. And actually, if you go there, you can also check us out on Patreon, which is Patreon.com forward slash SciFiSisters. You can reach us on the Twitter, where we are SciFiSisters. And we are on Facebook where we are Sci-Fi Sisters and also the Sci-Fi Sisters Mothership, spelled M-U-T-H-A-T-S-H-I-P, Mothership. She did it! <laughs> and we are the Sci-Fi Sisters. Look for the sisters. We are not the sisters. We are the sisters. That's because I'm from Boston. If you have an A, I say an R. And if you have an R, I say an A. That's all it is. But I spelled it right. Okay. But we're the sisters. We can spell. And Sabrina can say sisters when she tries really hard. And and we are delighted and thankful for our sound engineer, Dose the Anonymous One. He's the baddest sound engineer. Dose, 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 dose. In all the galaxies, and he's responsible for all the music you hear on our show. And if you need engineering skills and production skills, hit him up on the IG at dose underscore the anonymous underscore one. And we want to thank you all for listening to us. And we'll see you the next go round. I'm going to go break out my sonic screwdriver. Um, I got some shit to fix around here. Peace, love, and hair okay. grease, y'all. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks, Jamal. You're welcome.